Welcome to the official Potapalooza podcast. That's right. We're the official podcast for the hottest, newest podcasting event out there. You can take a look at more information about Potapalooza at www.potapalooza.com. It sounds hard to spell, but it's easy to say, and it's so much fun. And let me tell you about this podcast. So we are interviewing our Potapalooza featured podcasters. That's right. At Potapalooza, our featured podcasters are going to be interviewing VIPs all throughout the event and each podcaster is going to be featured on this podcast. You can learn a little bit more about their show, what makes them take, why they started their show, and they're going to give some great tips to how to be a great guest on their show. You too can be on their show when you go to potapalooza.com and buy your VIP ticket. All right, let's do this. Hello, Potapaloozians. Michelle Abraham, your host here today. I am bringing you another one of our featured podcasters at Potapalooza, Frank King. Hey, Frank, how are you doing? Well, I'm sitting in a parking lot at the airport in Columbus, Ohio, and sweating like George Bush at a spelling bee. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's hot, hot. Hot. So if you start seeing sweat pouring down Frank's Frank's face, it's not because I'm grilling him on hard questions. It's just that he's sitting in a really hot car. He's he's guilty. That's why he's sweating. (laughs) Awesome. Well, um, Frank, tell us a little bit about your podcast and your why behind wanting to uh, get this podcast out into the world. Well, TEDx is a mystery to a lot of people. They would love to have one, but I have absolutely no idea how to get started. And then once you get started, well, I'll I'll tell you honestly, TED.com, the big TED, and TEDx, X means local, and there are 200 plus in the U.S. every year, and there's 1,200 plus worldwide. What they discovered, I think, early on was they're going to get hundreds of applications. So they make the application links to apply to a TEDx talk, very difficult, like the holy grail. You really have to go, and I I will teach uh, people uh, how to find the application. There's several ways to find the application links. And then once you've got the application link, then, you know, what are the TEDx event uh, selection committees looking for? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a matter of steering them away from something. I've got a PDF, which I'd be happy to give away called the six things you can do to kill your chances of getting a TEDx. <laughs> and most people tell you what you should do. But mm-hmm. the thing about the things you should not do, these are, imagine this. You're on the committee to select a dozen TEDx speakers. And you and your committee got 200 applications. And there are four of you on the committee. So each one of you has a stack of 50 applications. So you're not really looking, I wouldn't be, for the first reason to give somebody an audition. You're looking for the first reason not to and throw them in the no pile. Right. And so my six things are things that you can do that will actually get you blown out before you, you know, before you before you even get started. So if you can avoid those, then we talk about what you should do, how create creativity plays a role, because if they get a couple hundred applications, you know, whatever you put in those first boxes, blanks, better be darn well interesting, you know, intrigue them, pique their curiosity. So we talk about that. Uh, I'll have people on who have done one, two, or three TEDx's to give tips on what they did, let's say, in the way of a title subtitle or a, a 10 to 15 word elevator pitch, or, you know, give us an idea of your three sentence summary. How do you sum up an 18 minute talk in three sentences? These folks will say, here's how I did it. Here's my idea. Here's how I summed it up in three sentences. So I guess it's sort of a podcast slash tutorial. I'll give tips. My guests will give tips. Um, and, and it's for anybody who, you know, 
you it's on your bucket list. Uh, you want to sell more books. You want to get more speaking gigs at a higher fee. You want to become an expert or thought leader in your topic area. You want to do other media appearances. And a TEDx is a great way to help you achieve all that. That's awesome. And you're coming to us with tons of experience in doing this. How many TED Talks have you done? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I have done, uh, I've done seven TEDx Talks. Mm-hmm. I just did my last one in Plano, Texas. I was in Plano with Kimberly and, and Jenny uh, earlier this year. That's the third time I've been to Plano this year. I don't know. It's like, it's like Groundhog Day. Hey, I'm in Plano. Look, I'm in Plano. Hey, I'm in Plano. <laughs> um, the, the reason I did it was it's a great way to brand or to rebrand. I was a comedian for two and a half decades, and I decided I wanted not to be just a funny speaker, but a speaker who was funny. And to be a speaker, you have to have content. You have to have takeaways, learning outcomes, action items. Mm-hmm. And so, and you have to convince all the meeting planners and speakers bureaus who've been booking you as a comedian for two and a half decades that you can actually do something serious. So my wife said to me, do a TEDx. And I famously said, what's TEDx? Happened to get an application that week. I think speakermatch.com put up an application, you know, come apply for this one in Vancouver, BC. So I did and I got it. And I did, I did it on my topic area, which is suicide prevention. Mm -hmm. And it, it allowed me to do something very serious, you know, with humor to convince the meeting planners that yes, he can do something. He can a do something serious and B deliver uh, valuable content and action items. So, but, you know, if you are working, looking to brand or to rebrand, it's a great vehicle. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds really great. Uh, I was I'm from Vancouver, B.C., so that's awesome that you were here, uh, that you were here doing your first TED talk. And now oh, you're yeah. in seven, which is super cool. And so uh, you're going to be interviewing people at Potapalooza. And what kind of um, tips can you take from extrapolate from your experience as a TEDx speaker and bring to the podcasting world? What kind of tips can you give our guests that are showing up to be interviewed on your podcast or any of our podcasters podcasts? What kind of tips would you give them? Well, I think having a podcast is a great idea. I tell my speaker coaching, my speaker marketing coaching, or my TEDx coaching clients, look, you another way to brand is to have a podcast. And I suggest if you have a book that your podcast somehow reflects the title of your book, we make the TEDx title something that reflects the title of your book and your podcast. So you're beginning to build a reputation, a brand as that person. So if they can't remember your name, which they probably can't. Uh, if you type in the mental health comedian, uh, I, you know, I imagine dozens of uh, listings will come up, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, you know, and so forth and so on, because that's my brand. I've built that over the last 10 years. So what we're doing is we're trying to brand. So podcast is a great idea of your own. And I would say, I believe you should appear in at least two podcasts a week, other people's podcasts in your subject area. Uh, a couple of reasons. One, I'm lazy. And they do all the heavy lifting and editing and they send you a link and you put it on your uh, social media and they put it on their social media and it gives you that additional SEO because they're posting it and you're posting it. Podcasting again, SEO. I think you need to be pumping your name and your topic and your keywords into the Google sphere as often as possible so that you move up on, you know, in, in searches on Google, um, if you go to suicide prevention speakers, dental, dental is one of my target markets. I have six or seven or eight organic listings on page one. And in part because of my podcast and other people's podcasts, it featured me talking about suicide prevention. So it's a great way to brand. It's a great way to beef up your SEO. 
and also my advice, if you have interesting people on your podcast, I would have those interviews transcribed by Otter AI or somebody. Mm-hmm. And I would collect, I don't know, a hundred, a hundred pages worth of those. And I would turn it and I will turn it into a book. Um, you know, the, so it's, it's blankety blank podcast volume one. And each chapter is a different conversation with a different guest, a bio, a photograph of the guests, some comments, you know, the, the stuff that goes in the show notes is an easy way to write a book. And of course with Amazon and print on demand and eBooks, it's not going to cost anything to, to publish it beyond paying the, um, for the transcription software, whatever service you use. So yeah. it's a great way to, to, to write a book and book is a great way to market speaking. Um, I believe a keynote in a book is a great way to market your speaking. Um, pre-sales of book, post-sales, back of the room. People want a little piece of you uh, to take home with them. So, yeah, I just think the podcast, you know, the podcast is sort of the center of that wheel, I think. Mm-hmm. You're on your podcast, you're on their podcast. You're getting SEO. You know, you, of course, you would have a, I believe you should have a, a social media presence that features that that podcast and when people go to your facebook business page you know there it is the podcast is right there the episodes are you know right there the videos youtube same thing youtube channel should be named whatever your podcast is named whatever your tedx talk is named mm-hmm. again you're building brand items so that when time comes and they can't remember your name they can find you on uh, they can find you on google Absolutely. Those are great pieces of advice, Frank. And in fact, one of our speakers on Potapalooza coming up, Kevin Burroughs, is going to talk about how to take your podcast to a book. So that's perfect. So you can kill two birds with one stone, get all that content out there. And uh, that's amazing. I like what you said. Yeah, really make sure you keep that podcast as the hub of the wheel. And it's interesting because I also notice that uh, when the pub, if when the wheel of your business is the podcast, it makes all the content creation so much easier and you can keep up with it a lot faster. I know what's one of the things people say, but I don't have time to do a podcast or I don't have time to add podcasts as another thing I do. I'm like, it shouldn't be another thing you do. It should be the first thing you do that you can get all the content from, uh, from, from your podcast, right? You can get it, uh, create it all and syndicate it all out there. So yeah, you can saying. repurpose it in a book. You can you can slice and dice it into small chunks uh, to go on LinkedIn. You know, you don't you don't load you don't put the link on LinkedIn. You actually load it up to LinkedIn mm-hmm. and Facebook. Uh, you know, in small bites. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a, there's a software yeah. that and YouTube. There's a software out there that will take um, and divide the the podcast into pieces and then yeah. repurpose them. Yeah, there's a few of them. So there's Headliner, there's Repurpose IO, uh, we yep. use one called Wave. Yeah, there's lots of different ones that do all sorts of cool stuff. We've made it so easy for podcasters now to get their content out there. <laughs> awesome. Well, Frank, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm super excited to have you on Potapalooza. What is one thing that you are most excited about about coming up on Potapalooza? Well, hanging out with Jenny and Kimberly. I mean, you know, the um the Kimberly, I was at, I was at their summit recently, mm-hmm. just uh, last week, I guess. And I I put I actually put up a picture of in my PowerPoint on the screen of of Kimberly doing her TEDx. And I said, you know, that picture right there, that's the only time I've ever seen Kimberly standing completely still. Because <laughs> she, I mean, I feel like when she's when she's on the playhouse or whatever, I feel like I should be jogging in place because she's just right moving fast, right. <laughs> Awesome. 
Well, that's awesome. You will get to hang out with Jenny and also Kimberly and myself and so many other people at Potapalooza. We look forward to seeing you there. All right, guys, if you have not got your ticket for Potapalooza yet, head on over to potapalooza.com and we'll see you at our next one. Thanks, Frank. Have a great day. My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me on the Potapalooza podcast today. It's been a blast. Next step for you is to head on over to potapalooza.com where you can buy a ticket to join us at the next event. You can be general admission, which means you get to come to all the great speakers during the day, listen to them, get some great information, network, meet a whole bunch of really cool people and introduce yourself. Or you can upgrade to VIP where you get to be interviewed on definitely one podcast, if not more than one podcast throughout the day in the Potatorium with the featured podcasters you've just heard on this podcast. So don't forget to head on over to potapalooza.com. That is P-O-D-A-P-A-L-O-O-Z-A, potapalooza.com. Sounds hard to say, but it's oh so much fun. Talk to you soon. <laughs>